story one chapter eight of the dwarf's chamber and other stories by fergus hume this librivox recording is in the public domain story one chapter eight the head of the family rather to his surprise warwick was not at once accorded an interview by lord lelanro as he had anticipated on the contrary a whole day elapsed before they came together and during that time the old gentleman questioned both his sister and price as to the personality and behaviour of the stranger from each he received an enthusiastic report which prepossessed him in warwick's favour and therefore he maintained a different attitude during the interview to that which he would have assumed had the young man been uncouth and uncultured in place of regretting this unexpected arrival lelanro who had a use for the youth rather congratulated himself on the trick of fate moreover the descriptions severally given by madame tot and the doctor interested him in no small degree for he found it difficult to reconcile the statement that warwick was a gentleman and a public schoolboy with the damning fact that he tramped the country as an itinerant musician on the instant this ex-ambassador espied a mystery and it was therefore with no little curiosity that he repaired after dinner to the study of dr price for the purpose of conversing with his guest in reality warwick regarded himself as a prisoner which opinion would have considerably surprised the courteous old lord had he known of it for notwithstanding the abrupt entrance and lowly profession of the youth the mere fact that two such excellent judges as madame tot and price considered him to be of gentle birth predisposed lelanro to regard him in the light of a guest warwick still in his poor clothes for with the exception of clean linen he had been unable to procure other garments arose from his seat as lord lelanro approached he beheld a slender and stately old gentleman carefully arrayed in evening dress and from his air of command he instinctively guessed the identity of the newcomer notwithstanding the sore burden of eighty years lelanro's form was not bent nor was the fire of his blue eyes dimmed to any appreciable extent although his crown was bald yet there was a goodly circle of white locks round his head he wore a moustache jauntily pointed on the upper lip an imperial on the chin both of these were snow-white and in conjunction with his clear skin seamed with myriad wrinkles fine as though drawn by a needle gave him an air of great distinction once warwick remembered to have seen a portrait of charles stuart and here he beheld the semblance of him in the flesh nor to complete the likeness was wanting the melancholy look that characterized those of that royal and unfortunate house scandal hinted at a strain of stuart blood in the veins of the lelanros and certainly the appearance of the present holder of the title went far to confirm the assertion ever courteous and now the more so as his guest was poor and unknown lord lelanro bowed in recognition of warwick's respectful greeting and motioned him to resume his seat a few moments previously dr price had left the study so that the two were absolutely alone and being seated by the table on which stood a shaded lamp lelanro took advantage of the opportunity to read the face of his guest with a turn of his hand he so placed the shade that while he remained in shadow the countenance of the young man was in the glare 
thus prepared to note if the facial expression confirmed what the lips uttered lelanro proceeded to open the conversation hitherto respect had sealed the lips of his younger companion dr price informs me that your name is algernon warwick said the elder gentleman in a mellow voice yes my lord and you entered my house by accident my lord it was accidental in one way but not in another said warwick determined to conceal nothing but that my foolish curiosity drew me to view the wall on the river's brink i had not fallen in and but for such immersion which in itself was an accident i had not scaled the wall and so surprised your secret i am glad to see that you speak frankly replied lelanro favourably impressed by this candid admission and may i ask what first roused your curiosity about my house the wall itself my lord i was coming to dalesford along the high road and weary with tramping on the hard stones i took advantage of a bend in the highway to walk across the fields by so doing i shortened my journey and soothed my sore feet in taking this short cut i passed by your house and i was much astonished at the massive wall which fronted the river you speak excellently sir said the old lord approvingly and i note you recognize the value of our english tongue proceed i stayed for the night at the lelanro arms my lord and there i heard some talk of your lordship's family indeed mistress sally lets her tongue run freely then by no means my lord replied warwick distressed at the idea of inculpating the friendly landlady she said nothing but looked a great deal my lord though young in years experience has taught me how to read faces i do not say that she looked in any pointed fashion but i noted her embarrassment when i mentioned the wall and so my curiosity was revived concerning the purpose for which it was built lelanro looked vexed and eyed the young man keenly for although these frank confessions disarmed his anger he was nevertheless ill-pleased at the perspicuity of the youth i am glad all men are not so gifted said he after a pause else words would be of no value to hide thought for oftentimes face reveals what tongue would hide but do you not think mr warwick that your curiosity was unwarrantable as to that i can only throw myself on your lordship's mercy replied the youth with flushed cheek for a moment or so lelanro made no reply he was pleased with the candour of the young man and also with his ingenuous manner therefore though ruffled at what he could not but regard as a meddlesome curiosity he forgave the fault for the honesty of the speech you are but a lad i see he remarked gently and though i have the right to be angry with the liberty you have taken yet as you admit your folly and court blame i will not be hard on you let us say no more about it mr warwick and your lordship will not impute blame to mistress sally oh no no she is sufficiently discreet though indeed she knows nothing but what may be constructed out of gossip and imagination i see plainly that your gifts are beyond your years and from what you have told me it would need a remarkably self-controlled person to baffle those thought-reading eyes of yours well sir your curiosity being thus aroused you took a second look at the wall yes my lord and i was punished by falling into the river i must confess however that while playing on my violin i heard miss lelanro singing beyond the wall 
which further roused your curiosity responded lelanro dryly and you resolved to scale the wall and release the enchanted prisoner ensconced behind it i really don't know what i should have done said warwick honestly though his cheek burned but fate took the matter out of my hands and i had either to climb the wall or let myself be drowned and as self-preservation is the first law of nature you took the former alternative well mr warwick you have told your story honestly and that condones your fault in my eyes i am a reader of character also of much more experience than you and had you told a falsehood not all your conversational powers would have saved you from my anger i dare say with your perspicuity you guessed why i altered that lampshade to see my face was it not right sir you are certainly no fool replied lelanro with grim approval well sir now that i know the truth what am i to do with you the other made no reply but hung his head in some confusion while the old lord revolved in his own mind the circumstances of the case you have surprised a secret which our race would fain hide he continued rising and pacing the room many rumours are rife in the country and in town concerning the monster kept in the lelanro manor-house you see for yourself tis only a poor little dwarf who is kindly treated and well looked after so far as humanity goes the whole world might know the truth but in accordance with the traditions of our family i do not choose to let it be known you have become wiser than your fellows and i am puzzled to know what course to pursue i cannot keep you prisoner and yet if you go who knows what you may say your lordship need have no fear retorted warwick haughtily i promise you that no word shall pass my lips young as i am my lord you can confide in my honour as profoundly as in your own the old nobleman stopped short and eyed the lad before him with some astonishment he was not ill-pleased at the haughty outburst and contrasting it with the former deference and humility of the young man he was convinced that both his sister and the doctor were right in their surmise the youth had good blood in his veins we will settle the question later on said he after a pause first i would know more about you mr warwick may i ask who you are a wandering fiddler my lord but your name sir my christian name algernon was borne by my father replied the youth the other was taken by me from the place of my birth i was born my lord in the town of warwick strange muttered lelanro caressing his chin you speak look and act like a gentleman yet your statement proclaims that i am not one very true my lord i put forward no claim to gentle birth yet as my father was ignorant whence he sprang i may come of a good stock for all i know who was your father my lord said warwick with great confusion you have a right to my confidence since you have forgiven my folly so kindly and i shall tell you that which hitherto i have revealed to no man my father my father go on lad said lelanro kindly seeing the shamed look in the lad's face who was your father warwick bit his lip and stammered out the words with an effort he was a dwarf my lord astonished at so unexpected a reply lelanro turned pale and sank into his former seat with an ejaculation which even his self-control could not prevent 
soon his brow grew dark and he frowned ominously at the young man you are mocking me sir no my lord i swear it is the truth responded warwick with great emotion my father was a dwarf scarce higher than your poor sister who exhibited himself at fairs for his livelihood he married one who called herself the fair circassian who made her living by showing her beauty to the crowd i am the offspring of the pair gasped warwick with a painful contraction of the throat i was i was born in a booth but your speech your behaviour these do not suit with such humble birth my lord i was educated at a public school for over ten years my father was a great believer in the possibility that he came of good stock and so desiring to give me every advantage he spent what money he possessed in aiding me to achieve a position in the world i was taken away while young and placed at the school i did not know the truth till two years ago when i finished my education then the money was spent my father and mother were dead and i was thrown penniless on the world to support myself i took up the profession of a strolling fiddler leonro rested his chin on his hand and looked straight at warwick he saw perfectly well that the lad spoke truly and was overcome with shame at having to make so humiliating a confession signing him to stand up he looked at him long and earnestly and found it difficult to believe that so well-grown and graceful a lad could own a dwarf for a father a trifle beyond the ordinary stature he was slender and well made and in looks and demeanour he showed himself to be one with gentle blood in his veins a strange confession said lelanro slowly be seated mr warwick and relate your story End of chapter 8